Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. I want to thank you for taking a few moments to join me for the latest podcast. Uh, Again, I want to say uh, it means so much to me that you go out of your way to develop your leadership skills by listening to the podcast. The podcast just create a platform for us to just grow and to expand. And um, again, I marvel at the number of places the podcast are really found in and the number of places that really the podcast are beginning to reach. And so thank you so much for getting uh, the word at. Uh, Hey, today I want to talk to you about uh, one of those leadership moments. It's not one of those leadership moments that any leader that we have in our society today had, but it's one of those leadership moments that Jesus had. When you look at Jesus' life, one of the things that was uh, profoundly evident was that Jesus believed in the power of prayer. Now think of this. We know that he was literally the Son of God come in the flesh. We know that uh, he understood the dynamics of life in a way that very few people would have ever understood. And yet he found a need to pray. And yet that time of prayer was so pronounced with him that one day his disciples asked him and said, hey, will you teach us to pray? And they did that based on the fact that they had seen Jesus pray and they had seen the effect of his prayer and the fruit of his prayer. Well, today I want to look at Jesus praying, but I don't want to look at Jesus talking about prayer or him going up into the mountain and praying. I want to look at the passage that really shows us what Jesus prayed, because I think that this passage gives us an understanding from a leadership standpoint how we are to pray. Now, again, I've taught on leadership and prayer many times, and here's my basic belief. You have no right to lead if you are not praying. Prayer is what gives you the platform to lead, and without prayer, you have no right to lead. And if you're leading people that you're not praying for, then you're probably not going to lead them for long. Today, we're going to look at an example, and this is one of those profound moments in the life of Jesus. It happens in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 43. I'm not going to read it all, but I do want to just sort of launch into it by giving you a taste of the verses. It says, Then Jesus came with them, talking about his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane, and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I want us to look at this passage, and I didn't read it all. You'd have to go from verse 36 to 43 to get the entire uh, content there, but I am going to refer to it. Uh, I want to give you some takeaways from Jesus' prayers. Just some takeaways. This is the time that we don't just see Jesus praying, but we're given the exact prayer that he prayed. So we know that Jesus' prayer life was profound. 
We know that Jesus prayed regularly and frequently. But when he went up and he departed in the mountain to pray, we're not told what he prayed. When he went into a solitary place to pray, we're not told what he prayed. This is the place that we're not only told that Jesus prayed, but we're given the exact words that he prayed, what the gist of his prayers were. And I think from this information, we glean some outstanding principles that help us to understand the significance of prayer. So takeaways from Jesus' prayer. The first takeaway, the greatest moments in life must be managed through prayer. The greatest moments in life must be managed through prayer. All of us know biblically that uh, Jesus is praying just literally before he's going to be portrayed. We know that uh, the cross is before him. We know that he's going to be crucified. He's going to be buried and he's going to rise again. We know that he spent three and a half years in intense ministry. But one of the things that we see here is that the greatest moments in our lives have to be managed through prayer. You know, often in our society, someone will say, well, life just seems to be getting the best of me. Our life tends to get away from me. Well, those particular thoughts uh, lead us back that in big areas in our life, there is no option but to pray. And if we're going to have any takeaway that would be immediate, it is the takeaway that just simply uh, that the greatest moments in life have to be managed in prayer. So when you're dealing with a moment in life that would be transformational or transitional, uh, you've got to pray. When you're dealing with something that is going to be intensely personal or maybe uh, public, you've got to pray. There is no option other than prayer. Jesus showed us the greatest moments of life have to be managed in prayer. If Jesus managed the greatest moments in his life by prayer, then who would we be to think that we will not also have to manage the greatest moments of our lives in prayer? That being said, what it does is it also brings us to another thought about prayer, and that is that's in prayer that we process the conflicting and at times toxic emotions of life. I've talked to you about it several times that any time you lead, you're dealing with emotions. You're dealing with your emotions, you're dealing with others' emotions, and you're just dealing with the emotions that compress together in life. And the thing about it as a leader is, how do you process those moments? Well, if you are going to handle the conflicting and toxic moments of, in life, then you've got to pray. And it says in here, he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he became sorrowful and deeply distressed. Now, I get to see leaders of all shapes, of all sizes, of all kinds. One of the things that I've learned about leaders of all shapes and all sizes and all kinds is that they all deal with the emotional um, turmoil of life. 
they deal with that turmoil that comes when you have to make a decision and you know that others are going to be affected by that decision. They deal with the turmoil when you have to make a decision, but you really can't publicly say all of the facts behind the decision because there's confidentiality. They deal with the uh, emotions of being able to handle your public life and yet your private life. And here it says that Jesus was greatly, exceedingly sorrowful, and he was deeply distressed. So what did he do? He immediately went to prayer. See, in life, here's what we know. There are three ways that emotions can be handled. They can be handled inward, outward, or upward. Inward, you can just let them fester, and they can just eat away. Outward, you can take your emotions out on others or upward, you can give your emotions to God. And see, in leadership, there is that sense of self-discipline. And if you're not careful, you will take all the emotional content of life and you will internalize it. And that's one of the reasons that some leaders do not stay functional and do not stay positioned in life. It's just simply because uh, they internalize everything. And then other leaders, they end up being short-term leaders because they go outward. They take their emotions out on other people. Yesterday was an example. I had to deal with something that uh, was pretty intense because of the individuals involved, because of the nature of what was involved, and I was scheduled to do this podcast. Well, my schedule got totally thrown uh, up in the air, and I was unable to to do the podcast. And there's a young kid, and he's a great kid, uh, named Adrian, and he had set up everything for the podcast, and yet I was in the midst of everything, and he walked in my office, and he would just politely said, hey, you know what, I'm ready, and I immediately was very short with him, and I said something very abbreviated. I could see that it was one of those things that cost him a little bit of angst because he didn't realize he wasn't the object of this. But instead of addressing my emotions upward, I address my emotions outward. And see, Jesus shows us the model. Inward is not going to work. Outward is not going to work. Upward is the only place that you can address emotion. The next thing is, is that He's going to go back to his disciples and he's going to say, couldn't you just pray with me just for a little bit? And that's going to show us the next lesson. And that is that prayer is a gift that we give others. See, the greatest gift that we give other people is when we take moments and sincerely and profoundly pray for them. When we take moments and we get on our knees and and we pray. Can I tell you the people that I remember the most are the ones that were with me during the darkest moments in life, the most challenging moments in life, and those dark and those challenging moments, uh, they prayed. They were there and they supported in prayer. You always remember those who prayed for you. You always remember. Why? Because prayer is the ultimate gift that we give others. It's one thing to give them encouragement. It's another thing to give them prayer. It's one thing to give them a few moments of a conversation. It's another thing to give them uh, in prayer. And we all know that people say, I'll pray for you, and then they don't pray for you. But in our lives, prayer is the gift. Prayer is the gift that we give to help other people. The next thing is that 
uh, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, he found them asleep and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me an hour? Watch and pray. And then he utters these words, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What we know about prayer is that prayer is not easy. And the reason prayer is not easy is that it demands more of our flesh than our flesh ever wants to give. See, prayer demands our flesh that it give what it doesn't want to give. Our flesh will always give a reason why it cannot pray. Our flesh will tell us we're too tired to pray. Our flesh will tell us, well, we have doubts about whether prayer even works. Our flesh will tell us that we don't have time to pray, that our schedule is too compressed. Our flesh will tell us, well, who are you that you think you're anybody, that your prayers will make a difference? See, what Jesus hit on that day is this. Our prayer exacts a toll on our flesh. Our flesh will always resist the opportunity to pray. What I know is anytime you pray, no matter how disciplined you are, your flesh will give you a reason not to pray. It will give you something that's legit. It will give you something that's true. It will give you a reason and it will say, you do not need to pray because of this. Prayer's not easy. That's why so few people do it. Because our flesh always has a reason. It always has an excuse. Now you have your go-to excuse. Yours may be too busy, too tired, too this, too that. But whatever your excuse is, understand that Jesus still challenges us and he says, can't you just pray? Can't you just invest some time in prayer? And so prayer's not always going to be easy, but it will demand more of you than your flesh wants to give. It's interesting, though. He then says something else about the impact of prayer. He says that prayer protects you from problems you will not avoid anywhere else. So prayer is going to protect you from problems that you cannot avoid in any way unless you pray. And what does he say? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He says in here that prayer will protect you. Now, I know some of you will say, well, hey, I've got so many problems right now. Here's what I would say to you. If you're a praying person, you will never know what your life would be like if it weren't for the prayer investments that you've made. I like to put it this way. What prayer is, is prayer is the investment for the miracle that you don't know that you need. See, if I pray today and my day is going perfectly, my prayers become an investment for tomorrow when my life may not be going perfectly. And what prayer does is prayer protects you. There are going to be things you will miss and you will never know you missed them. There are destinations you will never arrive at. There are conclusions that will never be reached. But if you pray 
you will protect yourself from those destinations and those conclusions. You may never know because he says, pray that you enter not into temptation. He's saying that there's something that will not happen, that will not occur if you pray. Yeah, there are going to be some things that do happen, but you will never know how much your prayers protected you. Prayers protect you from things that cannot be avoided any other way. And so life may be perfect. That's great. The best time to pray because you're praying and putting yourself in a position to avoid whatever's coming next. You're praying and putting yourself in a position to get through whatever's coming next. Prayer protects you from problems you cannot avoid anywhere else. And then in Matthew 26 and verse 42, it says, And again a second time he went away and prayed. That teaches us another concept, and that is that prayer is a process. If it's important, you're going to pray about it more than once. Now, I understand the nature of different kinds of prayer. I understand the prayer of faith, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of binding and loosing. I understand the prayer of intercession, the prayer of consecration, the prayer of praise and worship. I understand the different kinds of prayer. But what I do know is this. If an area is strategic in your life, you will pray about it more than once. It will be something that you're inviting God to be a part of that equation because prayer is when we ask heaven to invade earth's circumstances. It's when we make a decision and say, we need heaven down here on earth. What did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? Uh, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What did Jesus teach? Whatever you shall bind in earth earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in earth shall be loosed in heaven. What we know is that prayer is a process. And things that are strategically important to your life, you will pray about them not one time, not two times, not three times, as he did this time, but you will pray about them repeatedly. And that's all right. The constant giving, the constant referencing of important areas to God is a part. Why? Prayer is a process. Prayer isn't a set of magic words. Prayer is a process. Prayer isn't a set of just a few minutes. It is a process. We pray without ceasing. That means that we may not go pray long, but we don't go long without praying. Why? Because prayer is a process. We are always praying. And what God says is strategic areas, strategic areas, they have to be addressed in prayer. Strategic areas, they have to be lifted up in prayer. And I know some people say, well, I prayed once about this. What I'm telling you is, is that Jesus prayed more than once. You will pray more than once. Jesus prayed continually. You will pray continually. It is not a prayer that makes a difference. It is commitment to a process of prayer that makes a difference. And when you're committed to the process, the process changes. But that brings us to the next thought. And that's verse 43. And in there, he makes the statement. And he says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I'm sorry, that's verse 42. Not my will, but your will be done. See, what prayer is ultimately, prayer is how we embrace the will of God for our life. See, we want prayer just to be triumphant. 
But God says prayer is transformational. Before it's ever triumphant, it has to be transformational. And before prayer ever changes a problem, prayer has to change you. Now, we live in a society that has become steadily self-occupied. Who would have thought that we'd have selfies? Who would have thought we'd have selfie sticks? And I get it. We all want to document the moment. But ultimately in life, it's not what I want, but what he wants. It's not my will, but his will. And what prayer is, is it puts me in a position for his will to become my will. It's interesting that in the book of Philippians, it says that God will work in you both his good will and pleasure. I think it's the Amplified Bible that says God will give you the desire to do his will and his good pleasure. See, everybody says, well, I want to do the will of God, but not everyone has a desire to do the will of God. And it's in prayer that we create the desire to do the will of God. See, it's easy for us to talk about our dream, but in prayer, we talk about God's dream. It's easy for us to talk about our desires, but in prayer, we talk about his desires. Someone will say, but doesn't it say that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart? Be careful where you put the pause, because in there it says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desire that is in your heart. And so what God says is that you understand the nature and the dynamic, that what prayer is, is prayer is the ultimate act of saying, God, I have my ideas, I have my plan, I have my desire, I have my wishes, I have my opinion, but when it comes to life, I want your desires, I want your plan, I want your wishes, I want your dream, I want your will. And I tell everyone who's young in ministry, pray more about God's will and his desires than you do your will and your desires. This is Jesus praying. And in Jesus' prayer, we just see so many lessons. The greatest moments in life, They have to be managed in prayer. It's in prayer that we process the conflicting emotions of life. Prayer is that ultimate gift that we give other people. Prayer is not always easy. Our flesh always has a reason to say no. Prayer protects you from problems that you will not avoid any way else. Prayer is a process It's important that you commit to the process of prayer and not just to a prayer. And prayer is how we ask God to change us so that it's his will and not our will be done. I believe that what we've looked at is the most amazing prayer of a leader ever. I can imagine that there have been leaders that have prayed profoundly. I would think that Lincoln when he watched the nation, Martin Luther King Jr. is the march on Washington, Churchill in his bunker. All of these individuals had dynamic times where they reached out for God. But here we have our Lord and Savior teaching us 
the dynamic of prayer. I think that this is a prayer worth modeling. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Thank you for taking it, and thank you for telling others about it. Hey, just a couple of things. Um, We have a, a special going on because we always want to resource people with leadership. And right now, if you get the book, Jesus on Leadership, which is a very concise, but it's a great teachable Uh, model of leadership. If you get that book, you can order any of the other books that I have. So basically, you order Jesus on Leadership, you get any two of the other books, and you can get three books for $20. But the way this works is you've got to call in. You got to call in to uh, uh, 972-985-1112 ask for Katie Palmer. And when you ask for Katie, uh, what's going to happen there is, is that she will take your order and we will send it out. So you can't do this online. You got to do it by phone. I also just want to encourage you. We have a lot of events that will be coming up in the fall. Maybe you can go to the webpage and you can look at them. I think you will find them useful and helpful. And I think that uh, some of you, you can begin to sign up and uh, it will just give you an opportunity to know there are growth moments ahead. Thank you so much for taking a few moments to listen to the podcast. Thank you for being a game changer in so many people's lives. If we said so many times, when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. That has been my life quote forever, years ago when God gave it to me. When you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. Thank you for helping others. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.